You are listening to Talking Star Wars. So today we are going to talk about the Sith. It might not take as long as talking about the Jedi as last time because inherently there are fewer Sith to go around. So yeah, was, yeah. Looking at canon, it's they pared down quite a bit. Like took like two things from Legends and got rid of the rest. So about seven thousand years ago, a group of Jedi left the Order and became the Sith. I think they got rid of the actual Sith alien species because it's now only referenced in a children's workbook from The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, so where or yeah. where this, the Sith philosophy actually arose mm-hmm. is not specified. We mm-hmm. do know that they are the Jedi did come first, and the mm-hmm. Sith rose in opposition to them. Yeah. So this is why their philosophies are often paired, because the Sith even have a creed that is a direct rejection of the Jedi um, mm-hmm. Jedi code, which we would get more referenced more in more modern media, and I'm mm-hmm. glad they're making the Jedi code and the Sith code canon again. Yeah. So the Sith, I would say the reason that they are very specific what they believe is because they deliberately reject the teachings of the Jedi to specifically rebel against the Jedi. Because mm-hmm. the Jedi have been such an institution for so long, which is why they exist. Right. And which is why conflict between them is inevitable. Um, and it's a very specific philosophy, much like the Jedi have a very specific philosophy, mm-hmm. in that it is about using the Force to obtain personal power I don't think the Sith necessarily see themselves as evil, mm-hmm. though some of them certainly do embrace that title. I think many of them see themselves as pragmatic. At least, They're, certainly, yeah. Dooku mm-hmm. does. And they're doing it in a naturally manipulative, aggressive, oppressive way, which some would consider to be evil, but doesn't necessarily have to be. Although we certainly don't see many gray Sith. No, I think Asajj uh, Ventress is the closest that we get. The Visions Ronin? Is a gray no, Sith. Another example. Not exactly canon, but still a legend within the Star Wars canon nonetheless. Yeah, so you just see fallen Sith as well as seeing um, fallen Jedi. So mm-hmm. under the broad umbrella of the Sith, there generally there's two of them at a time. Mm-hmm. There used to be more Sith, but because of their philosophy, they tended to kill each other and engage in civil wars. And Darth Bane is canon. Darth Bane is a... Nothing, everything that was known about Darth Bane has been stripped other than he is the proprietor of the Rule of Two, saying we are not going to be an army, an armada of Sith, we are going to be Master and Apprentice. And that is what it was from then, which I believe was three or four thousand years before the Star Wars story, until Palpatine and Vader, or Snoke and Kylo, depending on... Not, they're not exactly Sith, I think they're more of an offshoot yeah. yeah, but mo- much like the Jedi philosophy, which mm-hmm. existed and rose out of a particular time and place, so did the Sith rule of two philosophy. Mm-hmm. It came in the wake of a great Sith civil war, mm-hmm. where without the intervention of any Jedi whatsoever, yeah. the Sith pretty much annihilated themselves in the mm-hmm. quest for, like, because they always want power. It's their philosophy is that the most powerful needs to rule, but also that they each consider themselves the most powerful and none will serve the others. Which, oh, to see that in anything, just the mad pirate battle of the great Sith civil war, where it's like the Battle of Five Armies in The Hobbit, but it's just five Sith armies fighting would be incredible. But, of course, there are more dark side users than just the two Sith. Mm-hmm. So um, it is specifically said that there are two people who are allowed to call themselves Sith, meaning they get the title of Darth. Mm-hmm. So the Darth that we meet is Darth Pelagius, who was the master of Darth mm-hmm. Sidious. And then Darth Sidious, Palpatine, has several apprentices. Darth mm-hmm. Maul, who was then kicked out of the Sith and nearly killed. Then known as Maul. 
that notice Maul and deliberately, mm-hmm. but even we'll talk Maul. We'll get a character spotlight episode later. Um, the mm-hmm. Sisyphus of Star Wars. Uh, yeah, I was going to say he is, you know, he is definitely a, a fallen Sith, but he is still quite murderous in what I would consider. Evil. Yeah, we would we would compare him to a Sage yeah. Ventress in that mm-hmm. even when he is no longer a Sith, he gets an apprentice mm-hmm. and attempts to seize control of an empire. Yeah, and <clears> I think in episode, didn't they point out to him just like you know what you're doing, right? And you know, no, Palpatine points out what he's yeah. doing before he. Um, defeats him mm-hmm. and locks him up <laughs> to use as a pawn. Mm-hmm. But so, and then other Sith that we know. So then we have Darth Tyrannus, who mm-hmm. is Dooku, yes. who is um, is seduced to the dark side after Maul's death, and who Palpatine had had as an iron in the fire. Palpatine always has an iron in the mm-hmm. fire for another apprentice. Yeah. Um, and and you, then, yeah, you definitely get the sense that Dooku views himself as an equal to to Palpatine in some ways, just because of how they're opposed in the the. Uh, Galactic Civil War, Separatists versus the uh, Republic, until uh, Big Daddy Palpatine gives him the order to assassinate Ventress, who is Dooku's not exactly secret apprentice, more of an assassin, would you say? Yeah, he calls her his assassin, but really she's his apprentice, because Mm -hmm. Dooku has ambitions. Yeah, and so you even see that even the existing Sith, they bend the rule of two trying to get their own power. Mm-hmm. Palpatine's like, oh, I only have one apprentice, but also I have the Grand Inquisitor who's trained all of these Inquisitors who are, you know, less powerful Force users, sometimes mm-hmm. deliberately kept less trained, Oh yeah, who are just good enough to go hunt down nascent Jedi. This also kept as like a stable of, oh, if I ever need a replacement for Vader, it's pretty much established that then that mm-hmm. would have become the Grand Inquisitor would have become Palpatine's new apprentice. Not because he was as powerful as Vader, but because he needs an apprentice, and hey, this guy's here, and he's the next most yeah. powerful thing. He needs a face in the Empire. He's not going to be out doing everything. He needs the the symbol of fear, that uh, the, the boogeyman who will be hiding under your space bed. Yeah, and I think there's mixed feelings about the establishment of the Inquisitors, because, it, you know, oh, it's a rule of two, but I think it's more realistic that you can't just have Vader and Palpatine mm-hmm. Much like you still see all these other surviving Jedi and other mm-hmm. Force sensitive people rise up during the time of the Empire. Yeah. You know, Palpatine needed mm-hmm. more than just Vader to help control his Empire. And so he de- he deliberately keeps this controlled and traumatized former Padawans mm-hmm. and dark fallen Jedi around as Inquisitors, um, but doesn't call them Sith, doesn't let them call themselves Sith, and mm-hmm. he doesn't give them the same. Uh, even though he and Vader hate each other, he gives Vader a certain amount of respect. Yeah. Um, even though they're, he's clearly the secondary partner, he does not give the same to the Inquisitors. They are expendable cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. But I would still count them as in the Sith orbit. They're yeah. using Sith techniques. They are trained by Sith. They're, they're not just, independent of themselves. Yeah, it's it's more like you know you got you got your major league team who are allowed to have two people. Then they they maintain a minor league roster mm-hmm. that they can either draw from or just send out to do the the dirty jobs. Yeah. So as far as the Sith philosophy goes and how they're depicted. Um, again, I would say the lar- the rule of two, I mean, they even start abandoning it by having the Inquisitors and all mm-hmm. that. But they, they can't quite bring themselves to leave the philosophy behind, even though it is a little bit outdated. Mm-hmm. The Jedi are now so established that the Sith need more numbers, but Palpatine, they're not willing to break the rule of two. Because the Inquisitors will eventually fade away. Uh, Unless they're continually replenishing their numbers, which is mm-hmm. part of the plot of Fallen Order. I just meant by the time of the uh, original trilogy, unless they're in the background, they're most likely not in operation. No, I mean, uh, I think several Inquisitors die pursuing mm-hmm. other Jedi. Mm-hmm. Vader kills several just for mouthing off to him. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi kills a couple. So I think, yeah, they have a high attrition rate, which is, I think, by design. They don't want mm-hmm. any of them sticking around long enough to challenge Vader or the Emperor. Mm-hmm. But part of the Sith philosophy is you always, there's always a challenger waiting. 
And so the challenger for the master is the apprentice, and the challenge for the apprentice is the lower level minor league people, which was Eve Duku having Ventress. Same so Grievous. Even though it's not exactly a dark side apprentice, it's still a apprentice figure nonetheless. I think he's he's more in the political military mm-hmm. hierarchy than in the, the mm-hmm. Sith hierarchy. He's not he's been trained in lightsaber combat, but that's about yeah. as far. He did, that's yeah, where it makes it foggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a interesting comic series where Grievous encounters a f- you know, he's very few of few of them is organic, little of them is organic mm-hmm. anymore. But he sees a force vision of himself in this light side force virgins that Dooku sends him to destroy, mm-hmm. where it shows him how as it would have been without having made himself mechanical, mm-hmm. like, as his original species. Yeah. And he bombards the place um, with his <laughs> capital ship from orbit. But of course he doesn't destroy the light side, it just blink, blinks back into life. Right. So yeah, I think you also so you have the Sith who have this, you know, sort of notional rule of two mm-hmm. that they would say that they're following they really don't by the time of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's really Palpatine is what's been what's forged the Sith and what they are right now. Right. And for the the body of the, the movie series, he's the 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 figurehead of all evil. He's the patriarch. It always comes back to Palpatine. Yeah, and they they deliberately put power, ambition, and control at the top of the list of things. Mm-hmm. You know? And so they don't they believe that the most the powerful should rule Again, it's not necessarily an evil philosophy, though I think it attracts evil people. Mm-hmm. And I think it does have an inherent, and then by using the dark side of the force, it inherently corrupts the people who use it. Though I would say some people think they're not being corrupted, but then they actually are. Yeah. And then we do have, so we do have fallen Sith, like we do have fallen Jedi. Either they leave the Sith order and go to go their own way, and some might be redeemed, and some, I think, mm-hmm. fade into a more gray direction. So why don't yeah. we go over our fallen Sith that we're aware of? Yeah, so it's uh, starting off in film, we get Maul, who starts off by closely following the Sith Order by recruiting his own apprentice in his brother, but then he divorces himself from the Sith Order to become more of a crime lord and a, a dark side but user. Then, but then he can't help himself. So... We'll do an episode on Maul, but he's really a, a Sisyphean figure, and that he keeps mm-hmm. trying to do the same things. And whenever he tries to get, whenever yeah. he's almost reached his goal, he falls right back to where he was mm-hmm. and loses everything again. He gets power and loses it. He becomes the Mandalore, mm-hmm. rules Mandalore, and loses that. Yeah. He becomes leader of the Crimson Dawn and then loses that. Um, and then he yeah, he recruits his brother as an apprentice and then loses him. Mm-hmm. And then he then he tries to be a crime boss for him, but he can't help himself. He goes to Malachor he gets tr- after being pursued by Inquisitors, and then he tries to recruit Ezra Bridger as his mm-hmm. apprentice. For years yeah. and years, he tries. Still following that master and apprentice trap. Yeah, he continues mm-hmm. first to him as a, his apprentice. He tries to kill Ezra's master, uh, and he's cannot give up his vendetta against Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. He cannot, because revenge is one of the tenets of the Sith, and he cannot give it up. So, so Maul, I think, is one of example of he's like Ahsoka on the light side, where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order but still holds true to many of their mm-hmm. ideals in her own yeah. way. Maul leaves the Sith, not entirely voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Well, not voluntarily at all. Yeah. Just cut it off <laughs> and then left for dead. Um, <laughs> the, only the dark side of the Force sustaining him and is abandoned by Palpatine as a broken tool. But then he continues to do exactly what the Sith do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the uh, the other prime example we have in existing media is Asajj Ventress. Yeah, she uh, goes very great. She becomes a bounty hunter in the Clone Wars, which is nebulous in terms of of ethical uh, status. She maintains a a somewhat friendship with Ahsoka Tano Mm -hmm. after becoming a bounty hunter. Uh, She has an encounter with Boba Fett where she delivers a princess to her oppressor just for the money. 
she she tells herself she has a code. And then we see in mm-hmm. Dark Disciple, which we mentioned in a previous episode, mm-hmm. it brings her story to a conclusion um, where she still believes she can tap into the dark side just as a tool, even mm-hmm. though she's no longer part of the Sith. And she certainly seems like she's making rational decisions, but it, instead of the harm falling on her, she instead has a lot of harm falling on Quinlan Voss. But then she can't handle that anymore because they're in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I, it's, it was interesting to see a story where love was both the reason that Quinlan Voss fell, but also the reason that Asajj Ventress was saved mm-hmm. in a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, This is a total non sequitur, but just in the balance of Star Wars, I, uh, I was thinking the other day about Grogu. And because Grogu's the same as, as Anakin, what if Yoda is the father and because he broke the sacred Jedi there is a virgence in the force and a dark side opponent was born to bring balance that's just a non sequitur (laughs) uh force users i don't think we have any other examples of fallen sith and i think that takes our exploration of the Uh, anakin i for like 10 seconds yeah anakin and kylo for 10 seconds or 10 minutes before he okay kylo for longer kylo has to go through a redemption Mm -hmm. arc but I mean, Darth Vader redeems himself by doing what he's supposed to do as a Sith the whole time. He kills his master. Mm-hmm. Um, he does it for, for the right reasons. True, not for power, but for uh, the protection of his son. So yeah, technically a fallen yeah. Sith, and that he comes back and he does return mm-hmm. as a light side Force ghost as Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is uh, earned? So I think the point of that is that there's not there's no kind of like scale where. In life, we assume like there must be some amount of repentance or redemption necessary mm-hmm. to then wash away someone's sins. But the force is beyond such balancing acts. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Anakin Skywalker truly touched into the force and did a light side forcing of his mm-hmm. life, it did not erase any of the bad things that he did. And the damage that he did continues and causes mm-hmm. the fall of his son later. Yeah. Uh, or the fall of his grandson. Mm-hmm. But it also allowed him to rejoin the Force, and he did not cling to his own. Uh, as we can discuss in other Dark Side users and Sith, <laughs> we should talk about the Sith Master from Visions, from the Master and the mm-hmm. Apprentice episode. Yeah, the yeah. Master of the Padawan. And uh, so interesting, just because we have this, uh, for those of you who have not seen Visions, this is the episode I've seen, and I need to see the rest. But uh, in brief, we have uh, this Force user defend a town from a Sith bandit, and he turns out to be a fellow Sith. And uh, I don't think ever before, outside of Clone Wars, have we seen Siths combat. Yeah, we see Asajj Ventress attack, mm-hmm. or in Maul, attack Dooku. We've had uh, Palpatine attack Maul and his brother, Savage. Yeah, it was so interesting to see this, this Sith figure who, I don't know, did anything altruistic, even if it was for like moderately personal gain. Yeah. And he deliberately sets himself. He's almost like the Ronin. He's a Ronin character. He comes mm-hmm. up, he's like the wandering warrior. He saves the town and he does. Um, you don't know what reasons he's doing it for, but he has a red lightsaber, but he defeats his opponent pretty brutally and pretty underhandedly though. She deserved it. That's another example of Sith. And then it's an episode of visions you haven't seen, but there's another ancient Sith master that appears in another episode of visions where he, in the high Republic period, uh, where he's, um, fights a master and an apprentice Jedi together. Mm. And it's implied he's clung to life for centuries beyond his 
lifespan to the mm-hmm. point where when he dies, he's, his body turns. It's it's like an inverse of what happens with Yoda, where his body vanishes. Mm-hmm. The Sith Master's body turns to like blackened dirt. Mm-hmm. Gross. Like he decomposes centuries all at once. Mm-hmm. Well, the dark side is the pathway to powers. Some might have seen. Please, Connor, we're doing a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> the dark side is a pathway to many abilities that some would consider unnatural. Thank you. Right, so yeah, I think that that takes us <clears> over <throat> the Sith, and Kylo Ren is not really a Sith. He's never Darth Kylo. We'll talk yeah, about him with the Knights of Ren. He's a, an offshoot. I I always thought just from the the films that the Knights of Ren were just his acquaintances from the Jedi Order, but it turns out they were a, a separate order. If you read the comics, yeah, um, I need to I need to get to that far. <clears throat> we'll talk I, about them in brief. Yeah, and in, in vague, they're servants of an unknown region's master who turns out to be Snoke and their origins are unknown, but they recruit Kylo into or Ben Solo at that point into their knighthood. They don't get anything to do in the movies and apparently none in resistance, which they could have. Oh no, I don't felt at all in resistance. Yeah, this is what else, what is he going to do in that show? They're decked out in the, the trappings of uh, the dark side, not specifically, you know, Sith relics, but they might not even be apparently force sensitive. Uh, I think the literature and the DK books say that they are, but they're just cool looking guys in the trappings of the dark side. The only philosophical take we get about where the dark side is at is with Kylo, his ambitions and his communications with Snoke, which again, it's following this personal seizure of power and exercising that over the galaxy. Yeah. So Snoke is not a, does not call himself a Sith. Mm-hmm. He may or may not be a rejected clone of Palpatine, mm-hmm. but he has definitely has his own ambitions and goals. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses Force Lightning. We see that he's a very powerful Dark Side Force user. He has this cadre of Force sensitive people that joined him and helped him destroy the nascent Jedi Order mm-hmm. after the fragmentation of the New Republic. We don't really know much more about him beyond that. What his philosophy is, though, it seems to pair fairly close to Sith philosophy. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally his apprentice murders him and takes his place as Supreme yeah. Leader. There's a deliberately, I think, more of a political bent to Snoke than there was for the Sith. Sith would often seize political power as a means of expediency, whereas Snoke deliberately built himself a state, the First Order, through which mm-hmm. to support it. It's a, it's a de- much more deliberately fascist vision mm-hmm. of what the dark side can do, rather than simply a, you know, uh, it's not a natural creation of this empire. He has, he, you know, with the first order and the last order in the rise of Skywalker is this, you know what? I'm powerful enough to call the resources and uh, manipulate the people in order to get my first order up and running. It's not this slow game over 50 years of maneuvering the chess pieces to turn the Republic into the first galactic empire. Yeah. And the first order is say, parts of the empire and especially the outer rim that broke away but Palpatine had laid the seeds for that even when he was still alive. Mm-hmm. So not, there's not a whole else to say about the Knights of Ren other than they appear to be an alternate dark side force, mm-hmm. but don't really have any other particular things. We know much more going on to our next, I would say, dark side force users would be the Night Sisters of Dathomir. The the snoo snoos of the Star Wars universe for Futurama fans. Well, it is a the only force sensitive people that receive training on Dathomir. Not because Maul is a force sensitive native of Dathomir. Um, it is a, they are one of the Zabrak species. Um, so the women um, are all trained, if they are Force-sensitive, to become Night Sisters, and even the ones that aren't Force-sensitive are still trained in their weaponry. And uh, men live separately, 
except for purposes of procreation and such. So it's a very stratified and rigid society, which as you notice is sort of a theme for any kind of enduring force sensitive mm -hmm. population is they have lots of rules and rituals to prevent the manifestations of the force from over in any one person from destroying their society. And in this way, if you can imagine if the Night Sisters allowed their males to become Darth Mauls, that might be an aggressive kind of society. So the the, the Night Sisters are greatly matriarchal. They have is it the the Grand Night Mother? The no, the, it's, they just call her Mother. But yes, yeah. the leader of the Night Sisters when we meet them is Mother Talzin. Uh, she is the one who accepts. Asajj Ventress back after she leaves Dooku, heals her, and mm -hmm. enhances her force powers, and trains her from the rudimentary Sith training that Dooku was allowed to give her, and also trains her in the ways of the force that the Dathomiri know. And they deliberately refer to their manifestations of the force as magic. Makes me think of uh, Han Solo and his hokey wizards and my misquotes, but uh, the Night Sisters uh, exercise an entirely different skill set, an entirely different power base. Uh, I think that the Night Sister is much more about possession. Uh, she's She has some necromantic abilities. She's, I believe, manipulated zombies before. Yeah, so some of the powers of the Night Sisters that we witness, both mm -hmm. there is a allied Night Sister character in Fallen Order, who you meet, mm -hmm. who is not implied to be using the dark side. So it's not certain if the magic or powers that the Night Sisters use is inherently the dark side, or if their society has reached the point where they regularly use the dark side by the time that we meet them. Because they certainly are dark side by the time. I mean, they practice necromancy, and then they embalm their dead, and then can... It's, they don't bring them back to life, but the corpses are do mindlessly follow the control of the person who, ra who raises them back. Um, they can make themselves invisible, mm -hmm. both themselves, and at one point uh, Night Sister even makes an entire ship invisible to censors using a ritual. It's very ritual. There's mm -hmm. often this green glow that accompanies yeah. um, magic. And a lot of it seems to be tied to either the planet of Dathomir, but we also see it happen just fine off of Dathomir. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not really exactly tied to the planet, but they deliberately remained insular as a means of protecting themselves. Because when they when the one time they interfered in politics, Palpatine sent General Grievous and uh, committed one of his many acts of genocide. Mm -hmm. Only a few Night Sisters survived. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were not many of them to begin with. Uh, they have the ability through ritual to uh, give the Knight Brothers steroids and turn them into massive man-beast creatures like we see Savage Opress turn into one of my favorite Clone Wars characters. He's voiced by Mr. Krabs. So, that fact in itself. But just yeah. uh, his uh, blind following of Maul and his just physical presence. Yeah. So, yeah, they're able to, like, grow like physically change people's bodies mm -hmm. like they um fix maul's prosthetics after he's brought to them mm -hmm. so, yes they much more focused on the body and they do engage in several night sister rituals in dark disciple as well to help quinlan voss get more power mm -hmm. to fight dooku um it doesn't work because dooku is ultimately even more powerful on the dark mm -hmm. side but they have rituals where they like immerse themselves in water and contact ancient dark side entities mm -hmm. But then we even see the Mother Talzin dies, but much like the um, in one of the previous episodes we talked about a Sith who bound his essence mm -hmm. to a mask, we see Mother Talzin beyond death having bound her soul to an object and attempting to resurrect herself in a complicated ritual. Very which Harry is, Potter. Which is, very, which is interrupted by Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks um, <laughs> in equal measure, and she's stopped from coming back to life after her death at the hands of um, General Grievous. 
So I, I just appreciate how complete this view of uh, this horse offshoot is. It's, it's kind of like in Avatar The Last Airbender when you see the, the mud benders for the first time. You have oh, these the, waterbenders. The, the foggy swamp people. Yeah, they live uh, on neither pole, so they're not near either of the tribes for the waterbenders, yet they can bend water. It's just an entirely different cultural sphere. Yeah, and I like that they build a culture for them. Mm-hmm. They have the society, and you can see both the ways in which the planet that they live on has shaped their society, and then the way that that has shaped their understanding of the Force and then the way to need to protect themselves so the manifestations of the Force have enforced things like this rigid matriarchy, this stratified society, these rituals in this insular society where only to protect themselves, you know, they, they give up one of their four sensitive daughters to a warlord, they give an, um, who eventually becomes a size ventress, mm-hmm. they give up one of their four sensitive sons to Palpatine in exchange for being left alone, because mm-hmm. uh, Palpatine, of course, is aware of their existence, yeah. and they know that he's Sith, but... Otherwise, Dathomir largely goes unnoticed, and they can find their activities to one planet, which I think is something interesting that the Clone Wars showed more of, is that there is this monoculture that exists in the Republic, but far more often, there are, most people in Star Wars don't leave their home planet, and there right. are all these local cultures mm-hmm. that thrive and exist on millions of planets. Part of the beauty of Star Wars, yeah. Just even the, the worst Star Wars movies, Rise of Skywalker, you'll see... Planets with cultures that are so unique and colorful and beautiful. Uh, or just you get to see them ravaged, like when we see the sequence that's very much like uh, World War II in the First Order going from door to door trying to find our heroes. Um, just something that Star Wars can do very well, where in a Marvel story, you might be in New York or in, in San Francisco. But in Star Wars, you can always go to a different planet and mm-hmm. always start to... Uh, just give a tiny little peek at a culture that's been around for thousands of years. Yeah, definitely Star Wars has a sense of everything is old. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas even when Marvel tries, they don't quite manage that. It's like, yes, this is the skull of a celestial nowhere. And it's like, uh, but nothing looks old. It's, yeah. And there's a bar here and we're playing. Nope, but here, Ronin cereal. Let's get back to the plot. Right. Um, Everything's neat. So, yes, that has been our discussion of the Sith and other dark side practitioners. Join us next time for looking at Force users who are not Jedi or Sith, but fall somewhere in between. Thank you so much for listening. We've been talking Star Wars. We'll see you sometime soon in a galaxy right here.